Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today, President Donald Trump is acquitted of both articles of impeachment. Just one senator crossed party lines to vote to convict him. A conversation with Mitt Romney about that decision. It's Thursday. February 6th. Mark Leibovich, tell me about these conversations that you've been having with Senator Mitt Romney. Well, Mitt Romney has always fascinated me as kind of a wild card in his political life, as a moderate governor of Massachusetts, as a, quote, severely conservative presidential candidate in 2012, then as a critic of Donald Trump when Donald Trump took over the party then as a potential Donald Trump cabinet member when he talked to him about being secretary of state in 2016. Right. Then as a Senate candidate, someone who I wouldn't say embraced Donald Trump, but someone who certainly didn't push him away. And then as a senator, someone who has been fairly unshy at times about defying Donald Trump, being critical of him. Right. Somebody who is seen as ideologically malleable, someone who's seen as inconsistent. Correct. And in this impeachment proceeding, he has been the ultimate wild card. Hmm. No one knew what he was going to do, really. People had ideas back and forth, but you never know what you're going to get with Mitt Romney. So I had been asking his office, and I'm certainly not the only reporter who had been asking, whether I could hang around with him a little bit, whether I could actually go through this process with him, which I figured was a bit of a long shot because he's been in such demand. Mm -hmm. And to my surprise, last week, like right as we were leading up to the big vote on witnesses— Mitt Romney agreed to sit down with me. Wow. Thank you again. You really you. We went up to his hideaway office, which is like a kind of remote. Hideaway office? It's like a remote office. Every senator gets one. All right, here's the question. Have you ever taken a nap in here? I have not. And Mitt Romney's was filled with M&Ms. Oh, my God. Peanut M&Ms. Is this, like, this was like a little break in the proceedings, so we didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I feel your body language, so I'm going to be, I'll be real quick here. Uh, and I was amazed at how open he was about the kinds of things he was thinking about. Um, hello. Hi. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. So, so just sitting there, you've sat there now, what, week and a half? Now, no, it's been a couple of months. It's been a couple of months. Well, I know, it feels like a couple of months. Right? Yes, but what do we say, nine days? Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Does the experience of sitting in the, the chamber listening to this day in and day out, 
intensify the burden at all? Does it make it seem weightier? Does it make it seem less weighty? What, what's it been like for you? Um, I think it was most weighty having the Chief Justice come in the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was a, a sense of how important this is and how historic it is. Mm-hmm. We have to do what we feel, feel is right mm-hmm. in the case, but I think we also have to think more broadly as to what are the implications nationally and what are the implications for the institution of the Senate. Um, what about the presidency? And the presidency, mm-hmm. both. I mean, that's. I mean, for, put aside impeachment, what about just the nature of right and wrong? Like what a chief executive of this country should do? I mean, isn't that on trial to some degree? Well, um, you know, I think I think if if there were a president that really was going to be removed under the um, crime or misdemeanor standard, mm-hmm. he or she would have done something wrong by definition. But but by and large, most matters of right and wrong associated with a president mm-hmm. uh, are going to be determined by the electorate in the you know upcoming election. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, impeachment is not to judge right and wrong alone, it's to judge right and wrong in the context of has there been a high crime and misdemeanor. And one of the last things he brought up to me was a sense of obligation he felt to the United States Constitution. This is, it's a constitutional issue. I feel a a sense of deep responsibility to Mm -hmm. abide by the Constitution Mm -hmm. and to determine absent the pulls from the right and the pulls from the left, um, what is the right thing to do Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the Constitution demand? So it was very clear that this was weighing on him. And I got sort of ushered out of his office, and he had to go back to the floor to you know, continue the trial. Okay, wait, I see, do we go this way or this way? We're walking out. He goes back to the floor. I took a right turn in a hallway, and there was Amy Klobuchar, huh. who was back in Washington for about 36 hours to do her impeachment stuff, taking a break from her presidential campaign. And I said, Senator, can I ask you a few questions about Mitt Romney? Hmm. Good. Um, Mitt Romney, have you thought of his role here just as kind of a fellow centrist, not centrist, but someone who is a bit of a wild card in all this? Uh, okay. Um, uh. And the name Mitt Romney sort of stopped her in her tracks a little bit. Hold on, I'm sorry. sorry. Yes, that's a good question. Um, So um, I hope he plays that leadership role that I think John McCain would have played Mm -hmm. if he was here. I've thought like every hour about if Senator McCain was here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she used this as sort of a prompt to talk about John McCain, the very important role that John McCain, the maverick, played in the United States Senate as someone who could recruit other potentially dissident Republicans to his side and sort of create a counterforce within the prevailing force that is the Republican Party in the Senate. So she's raising the specter that Mitt Romney could be a John McCain in this moment, i.e. could buck the party and perhaps even take other Republicans with him in siding with Democrats in impeachment. Correct. She saw him as someone who was genuinely agonizing, someone who could be a leader, and someone that no one really had a grip on at this point. Has he demonstrated at all that he could have that sort of like like capability to actually? Well, at least he's been willing to tell the truth here um, um, about the need to have the witness, which I've appreciated since this moment to shine, and hopefully he can bring some people with him. Thank you. So after my conversation with Amy Klobuchar, I left the Hill. I said to Romney's office, I'd say, I'd love to keep in touch with him. We did Mm -hmm. not talk about his ultimate decision. He didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, he made that pretty clear. But also, I wanted to get 
a window into his decision-making process, and we had about five days till this was all going to come to a head. So to my surprise and delight, they said, come on back on Wednesday morning. Wow, the day of... The day of the decision, the day of the final vote. Senator. Long time no see. I know, man. How are you? Okay, so on Wednesday morning, what happens? What do you do? Wednesday morning, 10.30, I went in to Mitt Romney's office. Let's do this. Yeah, so we have a yeah. table. Yeah, yeah, a little table there. I felt myself getting quite nervous, which is interesting because I, I almost you always sort of know what you're going to get in an interview. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how this was going to go. This was a real jump ball. I mean, You called it a wild card. It was a wild card. You could call whatever you want, but I just didn't know how this was going to go. He looked exactly like he always looks, which is fresh as a daisy. He hadn't been sleeping, but you couldn't tell. He looked... You know, ready to go. He didn't look like he was in a mood for any kind of small talk. Mm-hmm. I wasn't either. Anyway, um, so anyone uh, care about what you have to say today? Probably. Probably. All right. Well, let's get right to it. Um, do you have, uh, you know how you're going to vote? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to vote yes on the first article, no on the second. Okay. He um, said that he would vote yes to convict the president on charges of abuse of power. And he would vote no on the second impeachment article, which is obstruction of Congress. There's no question the president fought providing documents and witnesses, Mm -hmm. but he did so through the use of the law. Mm -hmm. And the House, in my view, should have gone to the courts to get that resolved by not going to the courts. I I don't don't think they make the case. Um, And as soon as he started talking, I could see the emotion in his face. Mm -hmm. I could hear him not choke up, but certainly there was a strain in his voice that I had not heard before. On the first article, I think the case was made, mm-hmm. um, and I believe that attempting to corrupt an election mm-hmm. to maintain power mm-hmm. is about as an egregious an assault on the Constitution as can be made. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, it is a high crime and misdemeanor. And I have um, no choice under the oath I took mm-hmm. but to express that, that conclusion. He said, basically, I think he'd gone back and forth. There's an old... Protestant hymn that we sing in our church called Do What Is Right, Let the Consequence Follow. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm sure I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can weigh the consequence at this stage, but it's going to be substantial. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, um, it's interesting. Wow. I mean, I'm. But, but I, you know, you know, I'm a very um, religious person. Mm-hmm. And um, when you swear an oath before God to apply mm-hmm. impartial justice, mm-hmm. that's what I believe I have to do. Yeah. And by the way, I believe other senators do the same thing. I don't, yeah. I'm not the only one voting my conscience. Yeah. But not voting my conscience mm-hmm. in order for me to have a better political and personal benefit mm-hmm. would subject my own conscience to, to its censure. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't have a choice there. This for me is, is fundamental to my oath to God and fundamental mm-hmm. to how our, our country must work, which is that people have to be seen as honest in fulfilling the oath that they take. Mm-hmm. Right. When did you make this decision? You know, I, 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 I tried to keep from forming a mm-hmm. final decision as I listened to both sides. As a and, juror. and I went all the way through as a juror. Yeah. And as I was going, of course, sometimes I'd be swayed one way, mm-hmm. sometimes I'd be swayed the other. Yeah. I reached my conclusion really after the last day of questions and answers. So um, that would have been... Friday or Thursday. Yeah. yeah, Thursday. But I can tell you that throughout the throughout this entire period, there's not been a morning I've gotten up after 4 a.m. Yeah. Just obviously thinking about 
how important this is, what the consequences, but then also analyzing, going back and looking at the, the testimony, reading the briefs of the two sides, going back through Federalist papers, uh, and then applying logic to it. What was it like for you to sit in or stand in some cases in through what was a very tribal gathering last night at the State of the Union? Mm -hmm. And I was watching you quite a bit because mm -hmm. I was up mm -hmm. in the gallery. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was quite a speech. Um, yeah, yeah. And you knew what you the the current you were going to be swimming up against in twenty four hours. What was that like? I I think people have a very hard time understanding how you just don't vote with the team, mm -hmm. and how you can make a decision of this significance uh, unless you're just doing it with the team. And it's right. like, well, then think back to a jury you may have been on, yeah, and ask, did you just go with whether it was a male or a female or a black or a white or Hispanic yeah. or non-Hispanic? Or did you yeah. try and apply a partial justice? Did you take your oath right. seriously? And you take your oath seriously. I agree mm -hmm. with most of the things the president has done, yeah. right? The policies he put in with regards to the economy mm -hmm. are very close to the policies I campaigned on four years right. before. Right. I agree with those things. The fact the economy is doing as well as it is, right. is in part because of those policies. Right. So he's gonna take a bow for those policies. I, mm -hmm. I'm with him. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with the, and by the way, I think he's going to get reelected. Mm -hmm. I think if Bernie or Elizabeth is the nominee on the Democratic side, he'll get elected in a landslide. Mm -hmm. I will still vote for the policies I agree with. Mm -hmm. um, I'll stand and applaud when when he says things that are right. But but then he did one thing we know of that was a very seriously wrong thing, and not to call it grievously wrong mm -hmm. would be to violate my oath violate my, my conscience, mm -hmm. subject me to the censure of history. What kind of consequences do you think you'll, uh, you'll endure for this? Um, unimaginable. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know what they'll be. Uh, there's some I know. I, I, I know there'll be consequence, and, and I, I just have to um, recognize that and do what you think is right. And they, you know. What was interesting to me, and, and this is one of those things that doesn't pick up so much on tape, but you see his facial expressions. I mean, Mitt Romney... He's a very smooth character in his mm -hmm. own ways. His face got red. He had a bit of dread in his eyes. It was as if he knew that a chandelier was about to drop on his head. Wow. The reason I want, wanted witnesses, mm -hmm. and that was the area that I, there was the greatest discussion right. within our caucus, was right. we, you know, don't get witnesses. Right. Don't get, the reason I wanted to hear from John Bolton mm -hmm. is that I hoped beyond measure that he would say something that would provide reasonable doubt so I wouldn't have to vote to convict. Yeah. So you were looking for reasons not to vote for I, I, yeah. Look, my my personal and political and team affiliation right. made me very much not want to have to convict. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I want to be with my colleagues in the Senate. I don't want to be the, the skunk at the garden party. I don't want to have the disdain of, of Republicans across the country. I was yeah. at the grocery store on this weekend and, you know, guy went by me and said, traitor. And, and Where was so, this in Utah? No, I was in uh, Florida. I was mm -hmm. down to one of Ann's competitions. Another person mm -hmm. yelled from their car as I was taking my groceries out of the car. Yelled from his car, "Stick with the team." Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so I recognize so it's going to be a whole different level. But but uh, why do you think Romney did this interview with you? I mean, he could have decided to show up and vote yeah. to convict the president. Why sit down with the New York Times and talk about all the agony? And explain himself. Well, I mean, one thing I've always been interested in with Mitt Romney is that he has always been, not, not in a self-absorbed way, but he's always been very aware of his own political narrative. He has been aware of how he was viewed maybe as a political opportunist, him maybe doing things out of expediency mm -hmm. rather than principle. And I think 
ultimately, one of the things that this Senate chapter has done for him in his career is it has enabled him to maybe rewrite the ending, maybe recast himself as someone who did feel as if he was doing the right thing at the expense of whatever the expedient decision at the moment would have been. Does any of that weigh on you? So you're in your 70s now. This is probably your last job. Um, you know, maybe this is an important enough issue that I could really take a stand and, I mean, and I mean, just do the right thing. I mean, does this, do you ever think about these decisions in light of other decisions you have made when you had more politically to lose? Um, you know, I, I, I haven't given the full analysis to my whole political history right. uh, that, that I will with, with time, particularly, I'm sure, in retirement. Um, I, you know, my, my guess is that I was influenced in some mm -hmm. cases by political benefit. Right. And um, I regret that. Right. Um, um, and, and probably not to the extent to which my opponents uh, tried, to, right. uh, tried to characterize it. Right. Uh, but, but looking back, it's, uh, there, there an item or two where I, I say, I wish I'd said that differently or, right. or, sure. or, or take it a different take position, a different rather. Position. I don't even right. make it seem yeah. like just a couple of words. No, take the yeah. position that... That I'd, and, and as is often the case, I, I have found in, in business in particular, but also mm -hmm. in politics, mm -hmm. that when something is in your personal best interest, right. the ability of the mind to rationalize that that's the right thing right. is really quite extraordinary. And I'm talking about myself. Right. And I've seen right. in others, I've seen in myself. Especially in politics generally. And, in, and, and by the way, and, and you could swear on a Bible right. that you were doing exactly what, what is right. right. But, and that's because... The, you know, our mind has the capacity to do that. In, in this case, I worked very hard to prevent my personal feelings and my personal desire yeah. from influencing a decision that was going to be an important decision mm -hmm. and the most difficult decision I'd ever, ever make. I, love I think history is important to Mitt Romney. It's important to him for a lot of reasons. I mean, part of it is, is ego. I mean, people in the U.S. Senate want to think that everything they do is, is actually relevant to history. But I think when you're Mitt Romney... When you've lived a lot of history, when you've been the nominee of a Republican Party, when you've run twice for president and lost, when you've held a number of offices, things like how you make a decision that will mark you forever are important in the historical context. And you could argue, you could be a cynic and say, oh, well, they're just full of themselves. They care about how history will view them. Who does that? But I actually think it was important and a very kind of formative part of the process of coming to this decision for Mitt Romney. Was to just talk about it was just to talk about it, yeah. Right, you can auction that off for charity. Uh, thank you, appreciate it. Okay, hold on. As you're leaving the office, he's just told you what he's gonna do. Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, part of it is just pure straight ahead opportunistic reporter think, which is, God, I hope they don't call me and say he changed his mind. Because, <laughs> you know, he's gonna go on the floor in a few hours and, and shock the world. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but this is, a very momentous decision that mm -hmm. would be a major headline at the end of a process that people had assumed was over, right? I mean, it wasn't right. a major twist, but it was certainly a twist and something that would be remembered here. But beyond your own journalistic self-absorption. self-absorption. My thought was, I hope he knows what he is in for. We'll be right back. This fall, history is happening. 
September 14th, 2021. Hamilton, the Tony, Grammy, Olivier, and Pulitzer Prize-winning musical, returns to Broadway. Tickets are on sale now. Performances begin September 14th. Hamilton, back on Broadway at the Richard Rogers Theater. Learn more at hamiltonmusical.com. So, Mark, what happens after your interview with Romney on Wednesday morning? Okay, so Wednesday morning becomes Wednesday afternoon. It was probably about 12, 20 p.m. in Washington. I walked out of the office. I headed back to the New York Times Washington Bureau, and I knew he was scheduled to speak at 2 o'clock. And he took the mic. Thank you, Mr. President. The Constitution is at the foundation of our republic's success. And, of course, you want to actually be watching this because, one, you don't know if— what you just learned is going to hold, whether he changes mind or not. The allegations made in the articles of impeachment are very serious. But the other thing is, how does this look and feel when he's actually delivering it to the world? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was struck by is that he looked really nervous. He looked a lot more nervous on the floor than he did with me. I take an oath before God as enormously consequential. And he got emotional at a couple of points. I knew from the outset that being tasked with judging the president, the leader of my own party, would be the most difficult decision I have ever faced. I was not wrong. The people will judge us for how well and faithfully we fulfill our duty. And it took him a while to get through this. Yeah, I was watching it. He, he was flipping the pages and Absolutely, speaking yeah. with all sorts of pregnant pauses. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I don't think he was doing that for any kind of dramatic reason. I I think it was just a genuinely hard speech to get through. And at the end of the speech, Mitt Romney invoked his children and his grandchildren. With my vote, I will tell my children and their children that I did my duty to the best of my ability. This is something he does You know, fairly regularly, but it also, you know, he's playing for keeps here. I will only be one name among many, no more, no less, to future generations of Americans who look at the record of this trial. We are all footnotes at best in the annals of history, but in the most powerful nation on earth, the nation conceived in liberty and justice, that distinction is enough for any citizen. But... I think maybe there's some false modesty at work here, too. I mean, he's not a footnote. He is a dissenting voice, and the Republican Party has not had many of those at all through this process. Thank you, Mr. President. I yield the floor. And then he walked off into history. So, Mark, after Romney's speech, the full Senate formally reconvenes. The majority leader is recognized. Mr. Chief Justice, the Senate is now ready to vote on the articles of impeachment. And becomes a court of impeachment. Each senator, when his or her name is called, will stand in his or her place and vote guilty or not guilty as required by Rule 23 of the Senate Rules on Impeachment. So what happens? Chief Justice John Roberts gives final instructions to the jury or the U.S. Senate. The formal articles of impeachment are read aloud. The question is on the first article of impeachment. Senators, how say you? Is the respondent, Donald John Trump, guilty or not guilty? And he calls a vote. A roll call vote is required. The clerk will call the roll. Mr. Alexander. Not guilty. Mr. Alexander, not guilty. Ms. Baldwin. Ms. Baldwin, guilty. On the first article of impeachment, presidential abuse of power, Mm -hmm. 
Mr. Romney. Guilty. Mr. Romney, guilty. Mitt Romney votes guilty. He votes to convict. Two-thirds of the senators present not having pronounced him guilty, the Senate adjudges that the respondent, Donald John Trump, President of the United States, is not guilty as charged in the first article of impeachment. On the first article of impeachment, abuse of presidential power, the president was acquitted by a final count of 52 no's, 48 yeses. Mm -hmm. Two-thirds of the senators present not having pronounced him guilty, the Senate adjudges that respondent Donald John Trump, President of the United States, is not guilty as charged in the second article of impeachment. On the second article of impeachment, which is obstruction of Congress, Mitt Romney voted to acquit the president. The president was acquitted by 53 no's and 47 yeses. Without objection, the motion is agreed to. The Senate sitting as a court of impeachment stands adjourned, sine die. And in the end, Mitt Romney was the only U.S. senator and the first senator in U.S. history to vote to convict a president of his own party of an impeachable offense. You kind of hinted at this, Mark, but there is something really intriguing about choosing this moment for Mitt Romney to take a stand. His career, and I covered it very closely, covered his 2012 campaign, is littered with examples of moments where it seemed he wanted to be on both sides of an issue or he evolved Mm -hmm. in ways that felt opportunistic. Yet at this moment, he becomes a senator of conscience and he's not malleable. But it's a moment where his vote to convict the president on one of two counts has no impact whatsoever on the process. And when you think back to people like John McCain, as Senator Amy Klobuchar did, he stood for conscience at moments that had huge consequence. The decisive vote. The deciding vote on Affordable Care Act, for example. In this case, Romney is the lone dissenting voice in a case that he can have no influence over. So what do you make of that? Here's why that's important. One, Donald Trump has craved some kind of way to say this is just a partisan witch hunt. Every Republican voted to support me. This Mm -hmm. denies him that opportunity. The other part in the context of Mitt Romney's career is, again, as you mentioned, this is not something Mitt Romney has traditionally done. Now, you could argue the counterfactual. If he was up for re-election in Utah next year, would he vote differently? If he was thinking about running for president and going for the Republican nomination in 2020, would he vote differently? I think at this point, he has lived a long career. He has had a long, long life. And he would say at this point that he is answering two different forces. Regardless of whether it changes any of the dynamics of this Congress and the Republican Party and this president. Yeah, I don't think it'll change any dynamics at all, except that Mitt Romney's life is going to get a lot more uncomfortable for reasons that I think he can handle, given how he weighed this decision. Well, to that point, what has been the reaction for Romney in the hours since he went on the floor, gave that speech, and then cast a vote to convict the president? I would say quite unpleasant. Everything from the president of the United States' son, Don Jr., calling for his expulsion from the Senate. Wow. His own niece, Romney McDaniel, the chair of the Republican National Committee, publicly rebuking him basically on Twitter. His own niece. His own niece, yes. Calls for recall elections in Utah, things like that. Now, this is a window into the kinds of things that are in store for someone who dissents from President Trump. And maybe what his colleagues in the Senate deliberately avoided by not doing what he did. It is a fate that they have voted to avoid. 
I mean, it's obviously there are a lot of things at work when you decide to make a vote like this, but the noise is an absolutely undeniable part of the experience of voting against the interests of the person who leads your party, Donald Trump. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Michael. On Tuesday night, President Trump himself began attacking Mitt Romney on Twitter, promoting a video that calls Romney slippery and stealthy and, without any evidence, claims that Romney is, quote, a secret asset of the Democratic Party. We'll be right back. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with our top-rated app, you can deposit checks and transfer money anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Here's what else you need to know today. On Wednesday, Democratic officials in Iowa released more results from Monday's caucuses, which left the position of the candidates unchanged and the final outcome of the vote uncertain. With 97% of the results in, Pete Buttigieg maintained a narrow lead over Bernie Sanders that verged on a tie. Meanwhile, in New Hampshire... Donald Trump is desperate to pin the socialist label of socialist, socialist, socialist on our party. We can't let him do that. But if Senator Sanders is a nominee for the party, every Democrat will have to carry the label Senator Sanders has chosen for himself. Former Vice President Joe Biden who stands at a distant fourth place in Iowa, attacked both Sanders and Buttigieg as flawed candidates for the Democratic nomination. I have great respect for Mayor Pete and his service to this nation, but I do believe it's a risk to be just straight up with you for this party to nominate someone who's never held an office higher than mayor of a town of 100,000 people in Indiana. I do believe it's a risk. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increased visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash daily. netsuite.com slash daily.